This is the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. You're listening to Season 7, and every week this season will bring you content about making disciples. Discipleship.org brings together other like-minded organizations who are all focused on making disciples. Our goal is to help you become a Jesus-style disciple maker. You're about to hear from two speakers, one of whom is Shadonke Johnson, who has been heavily involved in his country's prayer and fasting movement. Discipleship.org has released a resource in partnership with Him Publications about prayer and fasting called Revival Starts Here, and it's written by Dave Clayton. It's designed to help you and your entire church learn how to fast and pray for the lost together. You can download the free visual primer to this book at discipleship.org ebooks. It's a fun visual sort of introduction to the book. So look for the Revival Starts Here primer at discipleship.org ebooks. And this short primer, which is a lot of fun to look through, we tried to kind of spice it up with some graphic design, will show you how this book has been used to unify literally hundreds of churches in Nashville to pray and fast for the lost together. So go to discipleship.org ebooks and download this free primer so that you can take the next step for you or for your church with regard to prayer and fasting. Today we're featuring an episode from the track at the National Disciple Making Forum called The Holy Spirit and Discipleship, and the episode for today is called Spirit-Empowered Evangelism, featuring Shadonke Johnson and Alex Absalom. All right, I'm going to start. So this session is, uh, so Shadonke and I are going to share some stuff, some stories, and some uh, reflections on how we can do Spirit-Empowered Evangelism and uh, how the Lord, by His Holy Spirit, leads us into the mission field and how we can see some really significant breakthroughs there. So, uh, we ought to pray. Not ought, we want to pray. So, I'm going to do that now. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the one who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, we're so excited by that because it takes the pressure off us. uh, Because... uh, you are the one who's building the church, and we get to see what you're doing. We get to see what the Father's doing. We get to join in. And we thank you for the privilege and the honor that you would choose to invite us to partner with you. Uh, it's just mind-blowing, but you do that, Lord, and we're so excited and honored and thrilled by that. And so now I pray that as we share and as each of us listens, that you would speak words of encouragement to us. Uh, I pray for a release of the gift of faith uh, that you would give us faith for the situations where we are currently on mission. Whether it's individuals who come to mind, people who are dear to us, friends, neighbors, family, colleagues, uh, people who you've placed in our lives who we'd love to see reached, specific context where we are. Uh, And Lord, I pray that you would, um, out of this session, that every person would leave uh, buoyed up with faith, with boldness, with perhaps some extra tools, some, some confidence, step further into uh, the things that you've called us to do and to be. And so we know that you love to answer a prayer like this. So we say, come Holy Spirit, guide this time and fuel us up, we pray, to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 My wife, Hannah, and I, she's here in the front row, um, we are missionaries to the United States of America. Uh, so the Lord called us here 12 and a half years ago. Uh, we came from England. Our primary mission is to teach you to speak properly. 
Good luck. Uh, you know, it's a long process, but uh, it takes some time. Uh, and the, the secondary mission the Lord's given us is uh, helping the church become uh, more engaged with going to the lost. And uh, we've seen this happen in lots of different ways. Let me tell you the story. So we currently live in Long Beach, California. And uh, we, Hannah and I were going out uh, a while ago, walking our dog, and we ran into one of our next door neighbors. And he's a great guy. Um, uh, and he was, we started to chat with him. And not a, not a Christian. Uh, and he was saying he and his family were going off to Japan on vacation because his wife is half Japanese. And they were taking the family to see the, the, some of the family roots. And uh, he said, but I'm really worried because my back's been so painful the past couple of weeks. I've not been able to sit down at work. He's, a, he's an attorney. And he says, I'm just dreading this long flight across the Pacific and two weeks going around Japan. So he's telling this. And while he's saying this, all I can hear is the Holy Spirit saying to me, are you going to pray for him? Are you going to pray for him? Are you going to pray for him? I'm like, Lord, I'm talking to my neighbor. And you're interrupting me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I said, uh, so I turned to my neighbor and said, um, listen, this may sound really strange to you, but I, I believe Jesus can make people better. Could I pray for you? And he looks at me and says, I would love that. So we're out on the sidewalk. It's a busy context uh, out in the city. Uh, so there and then we just lay hands on him, pray. Uh, probably it was only a 30-second prayer, uh, something like, dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love Robin. Thank you that you want to make him better. Please heal his back now in Jesus' name. Amen. So something, no no mystical great prayer um, and he looks at me and says thank you so much so the next morning uh, I turn on my phone and the first thing that's there is an early morning text and he says Alex my back is completely better thank you so much <laughs> so I text back and say that's awesome God is so good he says yes and he, he texts back and says I need to remind you of that you're right anyway two weeks go by he goes away he comes back from his trip and he can't wait to talk to us and we run into him and he find out that He's gone all the way there, all the way around Japan, all the way back, not a, even a twinge in his back, mm. completely better. Um, a month later, we, uh, we, one of the things we regularly do in order to kind of seed the ground for evangelism is we throw lots of parties in our home, because Jesus likes parties, yeah. our parties so we do parties. Uh, and we're English, we've got none of these issues of alcohol that you lot have all got, so, uh, no. so we do that. And um, so we're having a party, and he texts me, he says, I've got some family in town, can I bring them? And we go, of course you can. And uh, I'll never forget this. So I was out on the front lawn and um, he, he brings his, I think it's his uncle, and he's bringing me a couple of steps up to our front yard. And, uh, he, and I see him come and say, and I start to say, hey, how are you? And he ignores me and he looks at his uncle. Then he points at me and he goes, and this is the man who healed my back. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> and, um, you know, okay, slightly. So Leave aside the theology for one moment, but there was something in that that had really impacted him. And out of that, uh, we actually got to get together on a regular basis. Uh, we do Discovery Bible Study, that Donkey was talking about in the previous session, and it had a massive impact upon his life. Let me tell you another story. Um, where we live in the city, we back onto a main drag, a main, uh, main road where there's lots of... Uh, restaurants and coffee shops and um, bars. We've got three microbreweries within walking distances. Very hipster and cool and all the rest of it. And um, on the first Friday of every month, uh, everything stays open extra late. There's pop-up booths, 
all the politicians are there, all the, the beekeepers are selling the honey, there's mm. everything going, it's like very mm. urban, eclectic mix of stuff happening. Mm. And so we were praying, like, Lord, we want to be, how can we have a presence there that's going to resonate with people? Uh, because our home church, we're planting a network of home churches, we live right behind this. And so um, we started doing, this is, uh, we've been doing this now for like seven or eight months, we go out and we do the compliments chair. So what we do is we go out with a, take a group, us children and young adults, and that they really love the Lord, they come out and we have a couple of families who sometimes come with younger kids and some of their boys' friends come. So we have a whole group go out and we'll set up like four, five, six folding chairs in front of a store and uh, we have a sign that says the compliment chair. So people come by. And you have to put your kind of extroverted head on. And we'll go, hey, it's the compliment chair. Come sit in the compliment chair. All we're going to do is we're going to say super encouraging things to you for one minute. Mm. So you get three categories of response. The first category is they walk down the street and they kind of go like this. Mm. Um, uh, second category is they don't stop, but they might banter with you a bit. And they're really intrigued by it. And they say, what a cool thing to do. Or I might come later or something like that. And then we find roughly about, a, for a third of people, someone in that group will stop, or the whole group will stop. So they sit down, and what we've trained uh, our team to do is, you know, two or three people a person, and you start in the natural, and so you just real quick popcorn style, you know, say, hey, you know, I'll pick on you here. Hey, I love your hair, it's super cool. And someone else might say, oh, your shoes are cool, you've got funky shoelaces there. And that's just in the natural. But while you're doing that, you're starting to listen to the Lord. Mm. And you're tuning into what's going on. And then you start to speak things over people. So uh, it's like, I see this about you. You seem to be the sort of person who is. And what we're finding is the Lord is speaking to us about, to, to share with them, about identity and destiny again and again. Because you're speaking to them about who Jesus has made them to be. You call it out. I see you are... Uh, uh, like there was a lady last Friday who came and she sat down and I could see straight over her that it was like in the spirit I could see this incredible anointing as a servant and as someone who put others' needs before herself. So I just said to her, don't, so I don't know anything about her in the natural, but I just started saying, I can see that you are a woman who loves to serve and you sacrifice and I believe, I don't know where you are spiritually, but I just believe God wants you to know that he sees that and he honours that and he's well pleased with She bursts into tears. Mm. Mm. And her family members are with her and they start saying that's exactly who she is. Mm. Um, other times we're with people and you'll get a word of knowledge about a person. Um, so uh, there was one lady who sat down and like um, I could see over her head, it's a bit like augmented reality. Um, mm. And it's, um, I could see the words over her head, health and healing. So I said to her, are you like some way connected with health? And she just sat down, all right? So we did a couple of the little popcorn things. I said, are you anything, anything to do with health and healing? She looks at me and goes, I'm a doctor. And at that point, she's suddenly, and the, what the word of knowledge does is that person now tunes in. They're really paying attention at that point. And then what you'll find is the Lord will often give you something for that person. And so that's another example where, um, using that case, it's more the gifts of the prophetic gifts where as you step into the flow of what the Spirit's doing, you get to see what the Lord is doing in someone's life. They become opened up to, um, to hearing the message about Jesus over time. Now, sometimes uh, that proclamation is going to happen really fast. You might have just a real short nugget with a person. Other times it's going to be over a period of time. You might build ongoing relationships 
with people. So obviously with, say, a neighbour or perhaps a colleague at work or a guy you play soccer with or whatever the deal is, because soccer is Jesus' favourite sport, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, and, of course, you know, it's quite... Is that right? Should donkey, I'm going to use it, yeah. It's <laughs> word of the Lord, that, isn't it? We should probably take an offering at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but wherever you're in this context of people, you get... Um, you get to obviously build these ongoing platforms, but what we've seen again and again, and in a few minutes, Shadonki will be sharing some of his experiences, is that as we can step into the power of the Holy Spirit, um, it transforms how we do evangelism, how we witness to our faith. Yeah. I think the problem that the Western church has fallen into is we have actually forgotten how Jesus told us to do evangelism, how to be on mission. If you think back to the scriptures, all the commissioning, just about every, all of the commissioning stories, so like Luke 9, 1, Luke 10, 1, Matthew 10, 1, and so on. Um, right, right. Uh, when Jesus commands his disciples to go out, almost every time it is, he gives them power and authority, and he says, heal the sick, drive out demons, proclaim the kingdom has come amongst you. Mm -hmm. And what we have done as the Western church is uh, we've separated those two streams out. And so we, we believe in the proclaim the kingdom, but we've forgotten very often that we're meant to do it wrapped with uh, a demonstration of the kingdom. And when Jesus does these miraculous acts, they are not just proof of his divinity. They are actually part of the message of the kingdom. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So they, they are what he's about. They are the kingdom come in manifest form. One of the expressions of how the kingdom comes. And so um, we need to learn how to rediscover doing uh, mission and evangelism in the way that Jesus has commanded us to do, because he's crystal clear about this. And then they might say, well, because the objection sometimes comes, well, you know, that might have worked for Jesus, but if you, you know, we need to be people who also hear what the whole of the New Testament says. You know, what about Paul or someone like that? Well, if you, if you read the Acts of the Apostles, there's miracle after miracle after miracle on how they do this stuff. Every book of Acts, sorry, every chapter of Acts, except for chapter 17, I think, has miraculous signs take place in it. Uh, there's at least 40 um, what you might call supernatural signs that take place in the Acts of the Apostle. 39 of them take place outside of the four walls of the church. In other words, there's a clue about that, which is we are meant to be people on mission in the power of the Spirit. And we're not meant to just say that in a kind of cognitive, I believe in a Trinitarian God. We do believe that, obviously, but we need to model that. We need to live that out. We need to demonstrate it. Because somehow there is a, there's, a, there's a witness in that demonstration that will transform people's lives in a way that our words by themselves are going to take a much longer to catch up with that process. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Let me give you another story. Um, we used to live in Ohio. Anyone live in Ohio? Yeah? Okay, excellent. Long winters. Flipping, eh? Um, anyway, so we lived in Ohio. Lovely time. Lived there for five years, just near Canton, Ohio. Um, and uh, Football Hall of Fame, except it's the wrong football, obviously. Um, but uh, we lived there, and I remember one day going to... Uh, we wanted, had to drop something off at the, for, for mailing. And our nearest post office was in the grocery store in the, at the customer service. So I go down there... And uh, there's a really friendly lady who I've before, and she's, uh, she starts talking to me, and she's got a huge kind of brace on her arm. And, uh, and so I said to her, oh, what's the matter with your arm? And she says, oh, I've got really bad carpal tunnel syndrome. In fact, it's playing up. I almost didn't come into work today. And uh, it was one of those moments, 
right there had the Holy Spirit dig in the ribs, which was, you know, nudge, nudge, are you going to pray for her? And uh, she's talked to me, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, Lord, I'm in the grocery store, because are you going to pray for her? And I kind of, I can remember this, I stepped back slightly from the, from the counter where she was, and I looked down past all the checkout camps, I could see the store manager coming. And I look across, the spirit says to me, you've got about 20 seconds. <laughs> so, so I said to her, and this is like, I've made such a hash of this. I go, um, uh, this might sound really strange, but I think Jesus can heal your arm. Could I pray for you? And she looks at me and goes, I'd love that. So I lean across, the, kind of lunge across the counter, put a hand on her, pray like the shortest healing prayer in church history, mm-hmm. and uh, step away from her. And she goes, and she's like, t- her eyes are welling up with tears. She says, thank you so much. Uh, anyway, the next day I happened to go into the store to go and get some milk. And I, I walk in the entrance. And as I walked in, I looked across at the counter. And I saw the lady. And she's on the phone. And she's waving at me. She's got nothing on her arm. And she's mouthing at me, I'm better. I'm better. <laughs> and so come back round. And I've, I got the milk at checkout. And I go up to her. And she tells me, she says, I'm completely better. I don't know what happened. How did you do that? It's amazing. My arm's completely better. So I start to share with her about Jesus. And then she said, well, can I come to your church? And I said, oh, you know, if you insist. And, uh, <laughs> and so she started to come and she became a Christian in the environment of the church community. Mm-hmm. And that's just a simple interaction <coughs> at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And here's the key. The key is this. I believe the Lord Jesus is speaking to us in situations like that far more than we realise. And our task is to simply be obedient. All right? Hands up if you personally can heal the sick supernaturally. No, no, your hands should be down, right? Okay, Okay, by yourself, out of your own strength. Can you do it? Okay. But hands up if you think you can do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your hand up. All right, so we can do it in the power of the Spirit. In other words, what that does is it's not on me to heal them. It's not my problem. That's between Jesus. That's Jesus' problem at that point, all right? My job is to be obedient to what Jesus has told me to do. Amen. He's told me, heal the sick. By the way, he doesn't just say, he never says pray for the sick, he says heal the sick. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we need to have that sense of humble boldness. So one way we put it, the phrase that we often use is we talk about being having persistent expectancy persistent expectancy in other words there's an expectancy i don't mean that in a bad way it's a, i mean in a good sense that we we expect lord lord jesus to go ahead of us and to be doing naturally supernatural things as we go out there's an expectancy that as we pray for the sick jesus wants to heal them as as we get to encounter lost people he's something he wants to speak into their lives it's going to bring words of life and words of hope where people are under the oppression of the enemy we expect that jesus wants to bring liberation we could tell you stories of um i could tell you about our next door neighbor um just if you want a deliverance or something um where uh the, the spiritually open not believers the the lady that has loves hannah over for walks together and talk and they were going away for a few days and they asked, would we look after the house? And the, the lady said to Hannah, um, uh, while you're there, we would love it if you would just pray in the house. What she I would love it if you would just pray in the house. Because they've been having some issues with their kids and disturbed nights and stuff like that. And they didn't feel peace in the house. So while we thought, okay, great, we'll love to do that. So while we went round and we prayed in the house and we actually anointed with oil over the thresholds and stuff like that and asked the Lord to come. 
And there was the sense of the Lord's presence coming into the house. And what was interesting afterwards was when she interacted with Hannah uh, a few days after they came back, she said, um, she asked, did you pray in the house? And she said, yes, yeah. I could totally feel the difference. People were sleeping completely differently. There's a sense of peace there. I can't, you know, it's amazing what's going on. Uh, the, the lost are very aware of spiritual realities. Not many people are absolutely militant atheists. Most people are aware of a spiritual realm or they're open to those concepts. And we need to operate like spiritual people with our non-Christian friends. Mm -hmm. My challenge for you and for those you lead is stop hiding the fact that you are a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Too often, we're far more concerned with what will someone think about me rather than being concerned with what does Jesus think and am I going to be obedient to him? And we're commissioned, and I think a good way of summarizing those commissions is Jesus commissions us be naturally supernatural missionaries. In other words, we get to bring all the resources of heaven to bear into the situations where people find themselves. And we get to go and we get to go and represent Jesus say, you know, most of your friends or your colleagues or whoever you're thinking about, they, they have lots of people they can sit and complain to, lots of people they can get in quotes good advice from or whatever else. What they don't have is an abundance of godly women and men who can come and bring uh, heavenly solution into that situation and that's what we get to do as a way of advancing the kingdom so uh, I'm going to shift to Shadonki to come and share but I wanted to share some of the stories with you just to encourage you that this stuff uh, you're going to hear some amazing things now but this stuff works all over the world yeah, all right it's not just for the global south it's for every culture every nation every tribe and every tongue yeah. And that includes the American tribe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, an eye opener to all of us. My my problem that I really have with so many people that I really love is that um, we think God has changed. Mm -hmm. mm. We really think God has changed. You know, oh, he used to do that in the Old Testament, in, you know, in the apostles and in the early days church. So he has changed. The Bible says he's a God that will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <coughs> the problem is that we have changed. But God has not changed. He's still God. He still sits on the throne. And he's still doing wonders around the world. And, and part of the reason why we, we really struggle with all of the things to reach out to people, we're afraid. You know, honestly, if we fully have him in our lives, fear will go away. Because he did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and sound mind. Where did we take fear from? Mm -hmm. It's not from him. Mm -hmm. It's from the enemy. Mm -hmm. It's not from him. I will read two passages and then I will use that to build on what I want to say on this. Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. Verse 15. I will read from verse 15 following. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. 
And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew 28. 19 to 20. When you read down from verse 18, it says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority. All authority. All authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know, one of the things we need to know as we do this type of evangelism, I call it the go factor. The go factor. Um, there are a lot of people who are presently, as believers, spiritually, they are in reverse gear. <laughs> Mm. When you put your gear on your car in reverse, what happens? You go backwards. Some people are spiritually are in spiritual reverse gear. They are moving backward. Then we have another set of people who are sitting in neutral. They are sitting in neutral. When you put your car in neutral, just sit there. There are others who are missing in action. MIA. Mm. They are missing in action. But they are believers, but you can't see them. I mean, they're just missing action. And yet, these people expect, they say, oh, you know, God is not doing this, God is not doing this. But your gear is in reverse gear. <laughs> you are sitting in neutral. <laughs> you are missing action. <laughs> it is those who believe. The issue here is that what Alex is saying will not happen if you don't believe. Mm -hmm. He said, those who believe, these are the things that will happen. These are the signs. That's what Mark is saying. And Jesus said, all authority has been given. You have to believe that Jesus has all authority. So there's no some authority left for any other prophet. Mm. Just in case you don't know. We work in Muslim content and we tell them, all authority has been given to Jesus. So there's no some for Muhammad. Mm. All has been given to Jesus. Because he said he has all authorities. Now go. In other words, I have all the authority. Go in my name. And go and make disciples. And I am with you. With the authority. Till the end of the age. Not sometimes. Not few weeks. But till the end of the age. As long as you keep on believing. I'm going to be with you. And those are the things. That means all authority, the go factor, all authority every day. When I wake up, when I coach my disciples in, 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 in evangelism with power, just believe all authority. Believe God for everything. Don't limit God. Amen. Don't put God in your small box mm -hmm. or your small theology yeah. or your small church yeah. and say, God is here and lock him up. No. <laughs> All authority has been given to you. Just every day believe that. And he's also said it because all authority has been given, go. 
you can't be in the same place and expect God to use you with miracles. Mm. You have to go out there and look for people. Look for areas, opportunities where he can use you. You have to go. Whether it's your place of work, it's your business place, just say, God, I'm here. This is where I come every morning. It's part of the goal. When you go and you believe, he will show He's always faithful. He said, make disciples. Be intentional. Be intentional what you do. Be intentional. Be intentional. Now, in, in Mark, he says, I will be with you. These are the signs that we follow. Honestly, if the church continues to flow in the power of God, most of the arguments around will not be an argument any longer. Mm -hmm. Because they will see the power of God. Amen. And people will not argue. Yeah. Now, let me just tell you, most of the strategies we use, and each one, we don't just use it, we, we use it, and we make sure it's filled with power. From the common things that God has given us to the things that are complex. One common thing we've done is soccer. Amen. <laughs> I will tell you, we have intercessors. We have more than 10,000 intercessors. Most of that, those people will pray and fast for 200 days out of the 365 days. Mm. I fast a lot. Even when I'm here, there are times most I'm fasting. The issue here is that we fast not because we want to torture ourselves, not because we want to give ourselves pain, but so that we can submit our bodies under him. So that God will glorify himself. We want him to be glorified. And so we're not fasting because we want to, we are hunger strike, no. Because he did it. And he expected his disciples to fast. So therefore he said, when you fast, he did not say if you fast. He said, when you fast. So he was expecting them to fast. So we fast. We fast. And because of that, God has used soccer <coughs> with power to bring the loss. Let me give an example. We go to a small village, a community, where we see young people. We know that they love soccer. Soccer is a religion. <laughs> Especially in sub saharan Africa. Mm -hmm. And we give them a soccer ball, we give them a jersey, and we tell them we are going to come with a team, we want to play in the next two weeks. They're excited. They train, the coach, they're ready for us. And I'm telling you, they will mobilize the whole other villages within that community for that day. They will bring out their drums and everything they have, local instruments. They are dancing, they're cheering their own team. And we have people praying and fasting. Say, God, this is, we just, it's not only about soccer. At the end, we want your name to be glorified. We want to find persons of peace. We want to make sure disciples are made out of those people. And churches are planted. So people have been praying and fasting for that game. They don't know. They come out, you know, they are cheering. And then we come. I have soccer team. We have soccer team of different ages. Younger ones, older ones, we have them. And the first game that we play, we play very well. But we try to we'll lose the game. We lose it on purpose. Intentionality. We lose the game. And the reason why we lose, we want to create relationship. <laughs> because if we win the first match, it's not going to create, they will be bitter, they will be angry, it's not going to create relationship. But if they win, they are going to be happy. 
So we'll play very well and we'll lose the match. And I have seen people dance when they win. They are dancing, they're cheering their team. And then we'll tell the team, well, when next can we come for another game? We really want to come back. You've won this one. We want to play a second match. We need to find a champion. And they will tell you, oh, come. Anytime you come, we are going to Our guys are professionals. So when we come the second time, the same crowd, they're expecting to win again. We trash them very seriously. <laughs> Maybe six to nothing, seven to nothing. So that now they are, there's, there's a holy anger inside of them. And then, then we ask, no, we want another match so that we really find the champion. But while we're doing this, each of the guys are trained to find friends and create relationships. And out of that relationship, by the time we come for the third match, we are almost like a family. And we use as a platform to tell the story and start to discover Bible stories. So we planted so many churches doing this. So it's not only an ordinary soccer, it's a soccer that is full of power because we prayed about mm -hmm. it. Just before I came here, we just did a, in the, one of the second cities in Serbia, both we did a citywide soccer match with 20 teams, big soccer teams. After we have trained all the coaches for a trophy. And I'll tell you, the pro how many people came to know Jesus just because of the soccer matches? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we have done, also we pray about it, we just don't step in, we pray for power. We normally go to places where there are drug, where we see these drug addicts. I mean, these guys that are really tough. We spend time praying and fasting. And then we go there, they become our friends. We just sit with them, we chat, we talk. And by the time we make two or three visits, we provide food for them, we become friends, and out of that friendship, some of them get saved. They don't have any clue what we have been doing, the prayer, the fasting that has been going on for them. They have no clue. When they get saved, when they begin to be trained and coached, then they realize that, oh, they are praying for us, and they will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do that. We reach out. There was a prostitute house on the street very close that we, you know, I would pass that prostitute house all the time. And as pastors in the city, we will always sit down and we talk about the people. Yeah, these people, they, they are not doing anything. You know, we always, one day I was praying, the Lord convicted me. He said, you are talking about them. When last did you ever go there to visit them? Yeah. I went on my knees. I said, Lord, I'm very sorry. I'm wrong. So I prayed. We fasted. I told my intercessors. And then we went. One Sunday, after the number, we went to this place. I, I met about seven of them. The others had gone out. And we sat down and we started to talk. And I said, I just want to discuss with you. How much do you charge? They told me, and I paid them. I said, I'm paying you so that we can sit down and talk. Amen. Amen. So we sat down and talked. And then I asked them, why do you do this? Can you tell me? I don't want to know. When those ladies started to share the story, mm. I wept. Mm. I just wept. I could not hold my tears. And then I asked them, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? They said, no. We want to do something else, but nobody has even... You are the first pastor that has ever visited here. They became friends. The summary is that we discipled them. Some of them would have to go into business, some went to study. One of them 
went to Bible college, trained as a pastor. And today she's married to a guy who has a very big mission in the country. And she's using this now to reach out to other people. Now, when it has to do with the supernatural, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, God is alive. You know, when I do training, I can speak for naturally, I'm just a quiet person. Sit down. I will not say a word. I just listen to people. <laughs> but we have seen, especially people that come from the Muslim background, that come from the African traditional religion background, they come with a lot of stuff. And we have seen how we have records of deliverance cases that we have done. Mm -hmm. And through that process, people don't argue. They just follow. Jesus. One day there was a big problem in the city where I'm staying, and the, the people from the African traditional religion, they were mad with me because I was talking about the power of God and said, oh, that gods are dead gods. They became very mad at me. So they reported me to the local, the paramount chief. It's like the big king. So they invited me. I went there. And there was all these men in the crowd. The moment I saw that, I knew the background they were coming from. They were so annoyed with me. You know, the main, and then the chief said, uh, this is what they have said, you are condemning our society and all of this. And I said to the chief, chief, I really don't condemn your society. I only speak against the devil. Mm. Mm. I said, this is the Bible I have, speak against the devil. <clears throat> and it gives me authority over the devil. So I'm speaking about the devil. If your society, if there's a devil in your society, then maybe that devil is what I'm talking about. Mm. And then one man stood up. Who was their leader? No clothes, only short trousers, no suit. And he said, Chief, leave this man. We give him one week. After one week, if this man is alive, then we are not members of the society. He will be dead in one week. And then I also stood up. And I said, except God is not God. Or if God is God, I was holding my Bible like that. If God is God, I said, I will be alive after one week. And this man, We'll be a follower of Jesus. Mm. Wow. And I sat down. There was all this commotion. The men started to shout. They had the way they shout. Ooh, they are that way. You know. And so I went back home. I declared fasting. Told my intercessors who we went to fasting and prayer. I was indoors for one week. Fasting. After the one week, I still stayed indoors. And the summary is that everybody was expecting me to be a dead man. But that man is dead and gone. I'm still around. Mm. And that one thing touch the heart of so many people. There are times when we go out to do evangelism. Let's pray for the power of God. Let's pray for the power of God. I have seen people who are formerly in the witchcraft society, who have been witchcraft for years, I have seen the power of God break them and they become followers of Jesus. Because they see that there's power in this God that we serve. So if we want to reach out to people, what we have to believe? Go out every day with an expectation. Don't go, don't, don't step out without an expectation. Step out with an expectation. That God will open a door for me where I can say a word and that word will bring healing to somebody. I think the problem we have is that we think we are going to do it. No. No. Just as I, you, it is, I don't, there's no, if I, when we, all my people that I train in this, I tell them, before you pray for anybody, we say, look, 
I can heal you. I don't have the power to do it. But I have a God who may answer my prayer. And this will happen. Mm -hmm. So when it happens, the glory goes to God. We have cases of deliverance cases that have happened. We document everything. Everything I'm telling you is on document. How many people we do deliverance on? And I have seen stuff. That's why, you know, when I see people that think these things don't exist, I just laugh. Mm-hmm. I have taken pastors from this nation who visit me. And I've allowed them to sit in some of these sessions and see for themselves. Because some people live by sight, not by faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have seen the power. Mm-hmm. I have seen people with just ordinary prayer, how they manifest the things that come out of them. You can imagine that that stuff can come out of a human being. And it's interesting, even in this nation, I've had people that we have prayed to with deliverance, and I have seen what happened. It's the same with what happened to other people in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I normally tell people here in Europe, Europe, America, the demon is everywhere. Satan is everywhere. Mm-hmm. The only thing he knows that you people are very technological and you are complex. <laughs> so he also changes to become very complex. So it's difficult for you to realize it. Yeah. But I see it. I see issues here. Issues people, some people call us medical issues. We look at them, we know it is not. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of issues here. So if we want to reach out to people to win them for the Lord, I want to ask you, first expect that God can use you. Amen. Expect that word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God can what? Use you. Get that expectation. Get that belief. God can use me. He can use me. And the second thing is that pray every day, God, I need your power. The power of the Holy Spirit so that I can reach out to the lost. And your power, whether it's going to be only reading a simple word to them, or doing a simple prayer that you are not expecting, you just do a simple prayer, but God, I am saying, I need your power. As I step out of this house today, going to my place of work, or to my business place, God, I just need your power. If possible, read some passages. Mm-hmm. And say, God, this is your word. This is what you said. I'm stepping out. And God, I want you to use me. The third thing, again, I will use this word, be very intentional. Mm-hmm. Be very what? Intentional. Be intentional. Don't apologize for this. Yeah. Be intentional. Be intentional. Don't apologize. Like he was saying, you meet somebody in a situation, is it okay if I can pray for you? <coughs> oh, can I help you? Be intentional. If they mm-hmm. say no, that is fine. Mm-hmm. But not everybody's going to say no. There are some people mm-hmm. who are going to be open. Yes. There are some people who are going to be open. And God can use that one person that you are going to touch that day. You don't even know maybe that one person is going to become a great person. Through that person, there will be a cascading effect of the advancement Mm -hmm. of the kingdom. So be intentional. The next thing I want to tell you, if I'm going to move in this, please spend time in the world. Spend time in the world. And spend time in prayer. Spend time in the world. Spend time in prayer. 
there is no way you want to continue to operate with God and you're not spending time in prayer in the Word. Start small. I, I have people that have coached. Start small. Maybe start with 10 minutes per day. Don't be ashamed. That's what you can do. Amen. 10 minutes per day. God, you know, I can, I can start 10 minutes. It's okay. You know, he understands. God is a God. He understands. Start with 10 minutes. With time, you move it to 20 minutes. Even with the fasting, I started with some people fasting. I said, okay, let's just do it for two hours. Two hours. They said, that's easy. I can do that. No problem. Two hours. And then we move it to three hours. Then six hours. Then eight hours. And some of them became a whole day. Mm-hmm. Now it's part and parcel of their life. They do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Start small to end big. Mm-hmm. Start small to what? Mm-hmm. End big. Start slow at the beginning so that you can go fast at the end. Mm-hmm. Don't go and start big. Mm-hmm. Start small. Step mm-hmm. by step. The disciples were not fasting when Jesus was with them. Mm-hmm. The other guys got annoyed. <laughs> he said they cannot fast because they have the bridegroom with them. The bride is here, the bridegroom is with them. Don't worry. When he goes, they will fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start small. Mm-hmm. Spend time in the word. Mm-hmm. Spend time in the word. Read the word. I will tell you, over the years, as the Lord started to grow me and tell to do the things because of I mean, I have gone through a lot of stuff. I've gone through a lot of stuff. One day, my own relative from my own family poisoned me. Mm. He grinded bottle, you know, um, glass. Glass. He grinded a glass like a powder and put it in a food. We call it back when we call it Kanya. Mm. It's like a cookie. And he, I love Kanya. <laughs> so and she knew I love Kanya so much because of what I was doing in the kingdom. Saturday night, I mean, Friday night, I had a dream. And in my dream, somebody gave me kanya. And I wanted to eat it in the dream, and somebody held my hands. And then this person put the kanya on the plate and started to rub the bottle, I mean, a spoon. And I want you to know, the other day, they brought the kanya. In the same bowl that I saw in the dream. My elder brother was with me. The moment we saw the kanya, he wanted to eat. And I remembered the dream. I said, wait, don't eat. I had a bad dream yesterday about kanya. Hmm. I took that kanya, put it on the plate, just as I've seen in the dream, so I to rub the spoon. He's asking me, what, what, why are you doing that? I said, I had a dream yesterday. Particles of bottles. Mm-hmm. Wow. My elder brother, his first reaction is that I am going to meet her. She'll be dead by the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, no, if you kill her, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, what can we do? I said, I know what we're going to do. So we took a, a, a thank you card. We wrote on the thank you card, thank you very much for that kanya. It was really great. Can <laughs> <laughs> you send yeah. some more kanya? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That paralyzed her. Mm-hmm. Spend time in the war. <clears throat> and because of time, the next thing you should always do is celebrate Success. Celebrate success. Celebrate what God is doing. Don't be shy to celebrate it. Celebrate what God is doing. Whether it's just one person God has taught you to do something, pray for, it's just a one-minute prayer, they call you back like what Alex is saying, and say, oh, this is what has happened. Just go to God. Celebrate God. I thank you. Amen. 
Show some gratitude to God. Celebrate it. Because that gives you confidence that yes, God can use me. And that will embolden you step by step. But I want to say this one, the last one. Make sure you don't touch his glory. Don't touch his glory. Whatever God does through you, please give him all the glory. Amen. Every day tell him, God, all the glory goes to you. Amen. All the yes. honor goes to you. God, no matter what you are doing through me, I give you the glory. I give you the honor. I give you the praise. When people try to put the glory on you, make sure you run away from it. <laughs> give God the glory. As you do this, God is going to use you more, enlarge you more. Make you more deeper, and he will give you the influence that you need in doing this. I will, time will not allow me to tell you. Cases of cases. They bring people from the psychiatric hospital on chains. They bring them to our prayer houses. And God has healed them. Ordinary people that have been coached and trained, they believe it. They come in, they say, brother, we are going to pray. We don't have the power to heal you, but we have a God that we believe will heal you. Mm-hmm. And so they pray. That's all they do. They come back the other morning, they pray. And their testimonies on ending testimonies. We go to communities and villages. We pray around those communities. They don't even know we are praying. If the town, let's say this town is called the town of blood. We change the name in the spirit realm. God, this town will be called town of salvation. This street will be called redemption. Father, we believe that this place will be the gates of heaven. Where angels will ascend and descend. Descend and ascend. Father, we are believing you for your power for this community. We have the names of people. We bring their names in prayer. God, this leader, this gatekeeper, Father, touch his heart, change his heart. We name all those people who begin to pray for them. And after some time, we just see the people just open. Those who are resistant just open. We wonder mm. why. But God is at work. Amen. That is a power to reach out. Get their names. And I tell, I tell people, you know, we get a lot of prayer points from prayer requests from here. I say, give me the picture, give me the names, give me the situation. Our job is to pray. We'll pray. We are like bulldogs. <laughs> we really pray. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I call him the impossibility specialist. My prayer for you is that God will use you as instrument of change. Starting today and forever, he will have the honor and the glory. You will touch so many lives to come into the kingdom. As long as you are giving him the glory. Step out in faith, and you will see. Mm. Okay, here's what I want you to do. We're going to be quiet for 30 seconds, and we're going to ask Jesus to tap, you're going to talk to Jesus, ask him to show you what's one thing you're going to do differently as a result of this workshop. All right? So just, we'll just be quiet, just ask the Lord. And I think, go for something practical, so don't be like just off in the ether. But like something real practical in your life. What, what's one thing you can do? And it, he might show you a, ne- a face. He might show you a situation. Lord, we just pray to show us now what's one thing we can each do differently. Okay, what you're going to do now is you're going to tell someone real fast, like in 10 <laughs> seconds, just turn to your neighbor, try and tell them what that one thing is. Because by, de- by declaring it, you're gonna, that starts to build faith in you. So turn, pair up with someone. Tell them what that thing is. 
Okay, finish up. I know, I know. Yes, yes. All right, we've got two things to do still. We want to tell you about listening. Thank you. Uh, number one, uh, my wife Hannah and I have done some free coaching videos in this sort of area. Uh, if you go to our website, dandelionresourcing.com, so dandelion like the seed, the flower, the seed head being blown by the spirit. So dandelionresourcing.com. Go to the blog section, there's free short training videos you can use. And we're writing on this stuff as well. So we've started a book about hearing the voice of God, which is short and very biblical, very practical. So you might want to pick that up. Shadonke has some stuff. Yeah, um, just one other thing you can also do to help you in this area. Learn to write down names of people <laughs> that you really want to see God touch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Write your names down. And every day, whether it's going to be for one minute. You see, one thing I love about God, I mean, he can use small things and he can use big things. But just lift those names up. You can maybe, you alone or with your family, just lift, we'll lift. God, we are lifting John. We are believing you for the life of John, for the salvation of John. We are believing you for open door. So write that down, the names of the people. If it's, maybe you want to reach out to a community, write the name of that community down and begin to pray over that community. It's very important. The second thing, look for scriptures of promises that God has given. They are all in the Bible. We have more than 6,000 promises in the Bible. Stand on those scriptures. Father, this is what you said in the word. You said, God, that we that dwell it in the secret place of the Most High, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Father, you told us in your word that even though we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, who fear no evil. Father, you promised us in your word. That you will be with us till the end of the ages. That's right. Father, you said in your word, no weapon fashioned against us is going to prosper. Mm -hmm. You know, you remind God of his own words. Mm -hmm. Yes. Remind God of his own words as you pray. God, this is what you said. That if we lay hands on the sick, they'll be healed. Yeah. God, I'm nothing. I'm just obeying your word. I'm laying hands. God, you do the healing. Remind God of his words. Read scriptures. Have portions of scriptures. I call it strategic prayer. Yeah. You know, and, and I have seen God show up. And God perform wonders. You can use that to do a lot of evangelism. You can use that to reach out to a lot of people. Okay, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you're staying, we're doing the next workshop at 3.15 on disciple-making cultures. Otherwise, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Remember to download the free primer of Revival Starts Here by Dave Clayton. Go to discipleship.org slash ebooks and look for Revival Starts Here, the primer. Thanks. We'll see you next time.